about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Behind these walls, a shocking experiment is taking place. Patrick is undergoing treatment. They think he's helpless. He cannot feel. He cannot see. He cannot speak. Hello? Is anybody in there? Patrick's secret is the enormous power of his mind. A psychic force so intense that nothing can stand in its way. Chilling investigation. Beyond medicine. Beyond science. Beyond the five known senses. very own day of judgment. Patrick. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Movie sucktastic. Goddamn Navi. God, yeah. Ah, what right? <laughs> was that? That's the opening of the film, Patrick. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's right. We're we're. That wasn't my phone at all. Ignore no, that. it wasn't. <laughs> he kills you with his mind. Ah. Ah. So this was a film that Scott challenged to me. After, yes. After. Uh, I had challenged him to the film The Fury. 
And I'll tell you something. I shouldn't have liked this movie as much as I did. (laughs) I'm just going to get that in there right off the bat. Should not have liked it as much as I did. You know, it's not a bad film. It isn't. The only thing I would have liked is if the music wasn't so soap opera. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's an Australian a... thing, but it, it's mm-hmm. even more soap opera-ish than our 70s films. Now, that, that's the original score. Uh, there is a version with a goblin soundtrack that they, they placed in there. Is that the one that's two hours and 20 minutes? There's a you know there this is the a, 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 the 112 minute cut which is the one that we saw, um, mm-hmm. th- that was I guess cut for the U S or maybe it wasn't well received at the two hour and 20 minute cut, but there's a 140 minute cut of this movie, and, and I couldn't find that obviously no uh, yeah that, that yeah that that um this this version is a smaller version uh. It, it's a bit wacky. They changed it for American audiences, and they added the Goblin soundtrack and stuff, uh, I believe, afterwards. I would love to see this with a Goblin soundtrack. You can actually find, like, uh, images of soundtrack with Goblin's name on it, too. So they, they oh, advertised really? it as that. Yeah. I'm going to have to see if I can find uh, find this film with the Goblin soundtrack, because in my opinion, that's the only thing it's lacking, is a good soundtrack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't get rid of the dun dun dun. <laughs> Hopefully that stays intact in the in the original cut or the Goblin soundtrack cut. <laughs> you okay over there? Still with us? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm 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 letting you talk. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, the main I, plot of the I know film. It's unusual for me. I know it's unusual for me. Yeah, that's why. Yes. <laughs> it's usually because you're occupied. Uh, the the main plot of the film to just get that out of the way. If you want to know, if you want to know, what I'm doing is I'm double checking my my whole Goblin thing. I know Goblin did a soundtrack, but what I'm trying to double check is if I'm incorrect on it being the soundtrack for uh, the original or for the re-edited version. Obviously, it makes more sense it was for the original version since the re-edited version or the edited down version is what we just watched now, right? With the soap opera soundtrack. Aha. Uh-huh. So I'm just trying to confirm my uh, readings okay. on that. All I didn't right. take notes. I just read a lot of stuff and then forgot it all. If if the music isn't done by anybody else and it is what it is, I would love a fan edit for this strictly just for a different soundtrack. Because I really do think that's all it, all it's really lacking. Because otherwise, I actually think it's... Uh, even even the acting in the film I thought was very good, too. Here we go. Goblin's, uh, Goblin's alternate music score for the picture uh, was featured on Prince in Italy, but also other parts of Europe and was partially composed from outtakes from another one of their scores for a Dario Argento TV show. Uh, apparently, the original score was replaced for the Italian release because the Italian film distributors didn't care for it. Uh-huh. So, so I think Goblin was the original score, and this is what we got. Oh, this days of our lives. I just I'm waiting for someone to just chime in and say, and like... Sands through the hourglass. The I mean, honestly, are the days of our lives. It's what I'm expecting with this music. Oh yeah, no, it, it is. It gets, it, there's there's parts where she's dabbing his cheek and it's like, bah, bah, bah. It, it's it's really bad. And, and I mean, honestly, I'm not big on music in films. I don't 
follow. I, I can't rattle off the names of composers. I, I just, for me, a lot of the times it's in the background. So I don't usually gravitate to that kind of thing. I mean, Goblin I'm familiar with just because I was an Argento fan uh, right. back before. I'm the before same I, way. Before I had a fucking clue and realized how horrible Argento is as a director, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I uh, or as a writer, more more likely, not really director, writer. Stop writing your own shit, Dario. Uh, so, but yeah, I I'm agree. Just, I'm the same way with the scores. I mean, I know just a couple of big name composers just because ah, they're iconic. I just, my, I just got my confirmation. In Italy, uh, this is the original score. In Italy, that score was replaced with Goblin music. Mm. So this this is the original score of the movie. Uh, Goblin the soap was opera music? Oh. Yes. Great. Now, this is an Australian film. <laughs> Which this means actually... it'll be next to impossible to get a f- the film with the Goblin score. Right. Now, just a little backstory for, for me, at least. Uh, I remember this film growing up I remember my parents watching on cable. So like the one image in my what? Never seen this before. I I saw it as I saw bits of it as a child. I'd never seen the beginning to end until I challenged it to you, even though I had a copy of it. Uh, it was just something I grabbed because oh I remember this, uh, and I I just remember I had snippets in mind of my, my you know scenes where my mother would jump or stuff like that. Just just I never really watched the film, and I so when I challenged it to you is partially sight unseen. I didn't know. All I had was, you know, big memories. Ironically, not only did I, in my uh, day job, just before the show, end up doing a support call to Australia, but when I challenged this film to you, I had no idea that they were had a remake coming out this year of the film. Yeah, the, the remake is, uh, it's done, and I believe it's being released soon, like uh, for Halloween, October-ish. Mm-hmm. It's coming out a real, couple I- months away. Honest, swear to God, and I wish I had known because it would have been smart to do a, a review of this with the release. I was clueless until I'm actually looking up uh, pictures and doing research, and I came. I keep coming across movie posters like that. Looks that's not really a, uh, a '70s movie poster. No, that's the poster for the new film. So, <laughs> so th- I, I, that's synchronicity right there. So, it was a, a, a fortunate pick. Now, you said that uh, you shouldn't like this film as much as you did. Yeah. I agree. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> now, this film is also the, the, the uh, excuse me. I'm babbling here. The documentary Osploitation that mm. covers that the whole insurgence of exploitation cinema from from Australia uh, during the 60s and 70s. This is one of the films they cover. So it was another reason it was in the forefront of my mind at the time. And I'm a fan of the Osploitation to the extent that for for a decent amount of them. Uh, you know, with some exceptions, uh, there is a quality there to the filmmaking, and uh, there, there's it's unique, and so you can kind of forgive some of the more formulaic aspects because they they're still trying to do something different. It's not it, it, I don't know how to explain it. It's just it doesn't feel as jaded as American cinema had gotten by that point, where it was just uh, you know cranking out schlock reels one after the other. Yeah. Australia was trying to bring audiences. I mean, again, they're they're still making films for drive-throughs. Let's not drive-ins. Let's not be uh, be obtuse. <laughs> but but there there's still an element there where they're trying to bring bring that that attention to Australian filmmaking. And I think Patrick's a good example of of just uh, above average horror film. I think you're right. Yeah, it's schlocky. It's schlocky, but it's only schlocky in the sense that of the time period it was made and a low budget film. Uh, but 
I, I take it hand over fist over a lot of other films that came out the same year. I'll I'll take it hand over fist over the film we reviewed last, The Fury. I enjoyed this much better. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> you know, uh, and one of the things that's in this film that really stands out is uh, the the dialogue and the and the acting that goes with it. Just the scene alone, the, the, just as a perfect example, the scene that's on right now, where... Um, what part are you the, on? i got to sync up. Um, the part where she's interviewing her for the job, the very, very beginning. <laughs> where, the uh, job interview. Yeah, where she's going back and forth with her, and just the dialogue back and forth, it's just, it's just very fluid. It just works very well, especially when the doctor comes in and he's like, hire her. <laughs> you know? But before that... What my favorite line in that scene uh, is where we attract a certain type of uh, <laughs> of worker: lesbians, psychopaths, uh, enema specialists. <laughs> I know a couple of those. <laughs> it's like wow, enema specialists. She goes on like necrophiliac. Uh, Everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's an upcoming. Uh, um, picture, by the way, I'll be posting quote picture. What do you call it? Meme? I don't really want to call uh, it. Yeah, it's a meme. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I have a. I have a little note aside that you make this. Oh, I have a great idea for a meme. I'll tell you about it. Off don't air. tell me. Just, just do it, sir. Um, no, no, no. But, uh, it, it's it's specific. Off air. Okay. Um, All right. Well, anyway, the, the, essentially, the basic plot of this movie is Patrick kills his mother because he's obviously demented and he has mommy issues and all that stuff now, and he now, ends up can I, well, can I break in can I, can yeah I, sure talk about it talk about an excellent opening scene <laughs> yeah. I mean it, again we're not just we're not just uh, oh you know he kills his mother whatever I mean he's he's sitting there and he's basically doing the same thing we're gonna see him do the rest of the film which is stare straight ahead and do nothing <laughs> and and his head and against he does the it wall. well oh it does very well yeah. His head's against the wall, and then uh, his mother's getting, uh, for for lack of a better term, banged in the other room. And so the camera does a, a reflection in the bed knob of his mother being banged as the bed knob slams against the wall that his head's against. Right. And I was like, I was like this is masterful. I don't care what you say. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just, exactly. And, it's just, it just kind of you. You just conveyed like the, the just the psychosis of just this this image in his mind, just hammering into his psyche, uh, just just with the doorknob. And of course, like it's it, uh, it's forced perspective too. So the so the uh, bed knob looks like bigger than his head. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, he does. He does what any person would do in this kind of situation. He he uh, gets up, grabs an electric heater, and throws it into the bathtub twice. Twice. Yeah, the Twice. first time it doesn't actually get in there. Burns his mother's back. They throw it back at him. He throws it back at them. Now, <laughs> Except now, that uh, time they they were unsuccessful in stopping. I, I've uh, seen a few Australian. Yeah, I, I've seen a few Australian films, and and one thing that I have noticed is uh, uh, maybe even for that time period when you compare it to American film, little less a uh, little less uptight about showing male frontal nudity. A little less. <sighs> uh, unfortunately. But little, uh, little, just a little bit. And with yeah. this film, not really concerned about showing any female nudity, just the one shot, really. And from what what uh, according to IMDb, this is only rated PG. And I, I Which, swear, I'm like PG. All right, I guess maybe for a '70s film, the nudity was kind of the norm. 
Yeah, they, they they didn't really start cracking down on that stuff mainstream until the '80s hit and, and home video stuff. They you know they really didn't. Uh, yeah, I I don't. Right. Uh, <laughs> I can I can see that, and it was only the one nude scene, and there wasn't even any touching. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm out of the I'm out of the pool, slip. Right, exactly. Uh, all right, so he ends up becoming comatose, and he enters he has, a, a he enters yeah. a a coma. Uh, he he has psychokinesis, and obviously that's where he can move things and he can do things with his mind. So that's the essential plot of the film. He falls in love with his nurse, his private nurse, and, and also, he just wants to try and get everybody out of the way so that he can continue having her as his private nurse. Isn't that called the Knight Rider syndrome? Is it? <laughs> No, that was actually joking. No, Night, was Nighting, Nightingale syndrome. You're supposed Nightingale. to correct me on those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now she she's separate. Now the nurse. Uh, I, I I got off of my notes here as far as the characters' names. Uh, Kathy. She Catherine. she has. What? Her. They refer to her as Catherine through the whole film. Mostly I, it's I, Catherine, but they, I, they do I, mention Kathy a couple of times. I feel closer to her. I feel more comfortable using a, an abbreviated name for her okay. uh so anyway i think i think her and i have been through a lot watching this film i'm gonna call her kathy okay anyway kathy uh not only is she a, a, a new nurse at the hospital meeting patrick for the first time but mm -hmm. she's also just separated from her husband who apparently is a bit of a cad actually they're not separated at all they're still they technically are. married no the no, no. she right, she separate. tells she tells him that no, she wait. wants a divorce and he said i thought we were going to go for uh legal separation Joey, yeah, not legal separation, not divorce. You're just talking they're about that they're apart. Period. They're they're separated. She's living in a different apartment. She's moved out. They're separated. Not legally though. They're separated. Sure, we're separated too, but it doesn't mean we're married. They're they're separated. <laughs> okay, you're going like and true. All right, fine. I I see what you're doing there. I was going more of the the actual legal term of it, which they're luckily, still married, they just live in separate places. Luckily, neither of us is going to have to swear on a stack of Bibles to anything that we're talking about. So, <laughs> for the sake for the sake of interest, she is separated from her husband. She's trying to start her life anew. She is just separated, just got her new apartment set up, everything. So, there's that kind of thing where she's not sure about her own relationship. She's kind of adrift, so to speak. And she... be when that kind of thing happens, most women do tend to grow, become attracted to comatose uh, Marty Feldman lookalikes. It, it does happen. <laughs> I was going to go with somebody else. But Ooh. I can't yet. I can't yet. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my connection for your movie challenge. Oh, alright. Never mind. <laughs> so... Yeah, so so as he becomes more obsessed with the the nurse, he becomes more destructive. He does. They just showed the scene where the do uh, the doctor, where he uh, Patrick spits at uh, the, her for the first time, and she's uh -huh. like, well, "Oh my God, how does he do that? I thought he was comatose." And he said, "Well, here I'll show you." And he grabs a frog and he sticks a syringe in its head, and he's like just basically destroying the, the brain, the cortex, the spinal uh, column for this frog. And the only thing I'm looking at is, they're really killing this frog. <laughs> they don't oh, have the yeah. props to, to get like to get a um, 
you know, a really good, you know, animatronic frog. It's like this guy's really doing to this to this frog. Now they don't have they don't have an they, ASPCA in in uh, Australia. They just like all right, kill the fucking frog. Yeah, <laughs> but just, there's there's another. I Australian couldn't do it. Film. it takes uh, a certain Wake person to do something like that. Yeah, there's another Australian film called Wake and Fright. It's also on the exploitation. Uh, doc- that's a film. As I'm watching the docu- documentary, I'm like writing Was down Chopper names. I gotta there? watch all these films. What? Was the film Chopper on there? Uh, Chopper. Was that in the the documentary? I know no. it was in sixties and seventies. It was, I think, late eighties. I don't know if it covered the eighties. It, it it covered it briefly. I don't think Chopper's in there. Uh, okay. That's but, another great. Also, I I know you're not the biggest fan of it. I I loved it. I thought that was a great great film. Yeah, Chopper. it was okay. Yeah. Now yeah. the reason I mentioned Wake and Fright is because there's a scene where they go kangaroo hunting, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're shooting kangaroos. I don't I don't see <laughs> I don't see anything in the film that makes me believe that they actually like created squibs and had fake fake. All I see is kangaroos being shot it's a pretty brutal scene oh man so australian, <laughs> australian filmmaking is, is really about isn't really about uh, you know there are no animals were harmed during the making of this film so, so what you're telling me is i should care less about the frog <laughs> I, i'm just saying expect, far worse things have been done <laughs> i'm just saying that expect more animal deaths in your 1970s 1980s australian films horror gotcha. films that's all okay fair enough now Obviously, I mean, there's not much else to say as far as uh, the basic plot. Uh, there's a power struggle. He starts fucking with everybody that's involved with her, and then she confronts him at the end, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what, what it comes down to is, and this, this is the type of horror film, what it comes down to is specific scenes, yep. specific dialogue, specific moments. Now, I'm wondering if there's a moment you caught. You might have, you might not have. You, you mean, I you get mean, the you mean- you mean dun dun dun? I, <laughs> I'm actually talking about a scene that they don't refer they don't refer to it, and it's the note that he wrote, where he's talking about the guy in the pool, the guy that she ends up, uh, yeah, kind of falling for, um, right. and he says, yeah, I, 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 you know, nearly killed him, showed him, now, you know, in his own on. pool. Or for our listeners who may not have seen this film, let's d- yeah. explain that Patrick. Uh, obviously can't move. He's uh, paraplegic, right. comatose, technically. Uh, he, he begins communicating with the nurse uh, by typing on the typewriter that she's typing reports out on, which okay. they brilliantly, they brilliantly, they wisely uh, set up like a good hour and a half before he starts doing it. It's li- literally the first ten minutes of the film is like, oh, can you type? Yeah, that's going to be important later. <laughs> deft, deft, careful setting up of situations foreshadowing if you will of what's to come so patrick is communicating uh his his only spoken di- his only dialogue is not spoken it is typed out on the the uh, electric typewriter next to his bed right exactly so and that's where, and that's where he during his during a conversation with kathy once she realizes that he's doing it uh that's where the note comes from that you are referencing and okay and two things with that when that's happening she is in a trance-like state, hence the reason why they keep showing the emergency entrance sign, where mm-hmm. entrance, E-N, keeps flickering off, and you just see the word trance throughout the film. Again, again very subtle, hard yep. to catch, if you're not yep. paying. <laughs> now, here, here's something that I don't, I don't know if you as, caught or not. As subtle as, subtle as sticking a, a needle in a frog's head. 
<laughs> and twisting it. Which uh, is a little when, fun. Yes. Uh, what happens is, the, the the one doctor that she kind of falls for, he almost drowns in his pool because uh, Patrick does that to him because he felt that he was coming on too strong to Kathy. And, oh, and, he, and he was jealous. And, and, he was well, jealous. and he was jealous. So he nearly drowns him. Then a couple of scenes later, her real husband stops by because uh, uh, and in another encounter with the doctor, Patrick trashes her apartment and she assumes that it's her her husband that did it out of jealousy. So he comes by the next day to clean up and you know just to tell her I didn't do it and here you know I'm gonna clean up your place and cook you dinner. Well, he ends up picking up a pot of tuna casserole without gloves and burns his hands real bad. So where I'm going with all this is it sets up the letter that Patrick writes where she is in this trance-like state where he writes, uh, the first guy, the doctor, he goes, yeah, I almost drowned him in his pool, serves him right, ha, ha, ha. And he says, your husband, uh, you know, he burned his hands, he, you know, he got what he deserved. Mm-hmm. Did you notice what else he wrote in that letter? I meant to freeze it, but I didn't. What else is written there? Okay. The scene earlier... She tell you know she's touching his you know his face. Can you feel that? And he goes, you know he spits or he does that right. with his mouth to motion. Yes. Well, this is where she when she let me, let me interject again. She, Go for it. This is the only other. This is the only spoken dialogue that Patrick uh, evinces in the film besides ah at the end uh, <laughs> is is uh, when she realizes that he can hear her. She she quickly uh, creates a system where one t- means uh, yes and two t- mean no. So he's just, he's just tooting all the time. Yeah. And so that's the scene where she starts like, well, can you feel this? Can you feel this? Right. So she does that whole scene to where she ends up going near his crotch. And she's got her hand in there. Well, yeah, she's got her hand right on it. You're, she, yeah. she grabs it. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, can and, and you feel this? And he's like. The response, he d- <laughs> the response should have been. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually doesn't do anything because he's kind of in his head going. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> you you know I can feel it. Anyway, the the nun walks in, you know, and that's all broken up. When he writes the letter, and I noticed this, and I had to rewind it because I couldn't yeah. believe that it was in the letter because they don't mention it because she shows it to a couple of people and no one mentions it. And what he wrote in the line before that is yes. Patrick is ready for his hand job. I saw that. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. He wrote Patrick is ready for his hand job. And then he writes about, you know, how the husband or the one guy he almost drowned and the husband burned his hands. Mm-hmm. No mention of it at all. Now I'm wondering if it's one of those things where a that was explained or it was at least noticed and referred to in the extended cut or the 2 hour and 20 minute cut. Or it was just one of those things that us as the viewer, you know, say, if you catch it, great. If you don't catch it, then you don't catch it. So I'm wondering if it was that kind of a a play in the film. It's funny that the hand job line is what you focused on because my question (laughs) with the whole typewriting scene, uh, uh, not not funny, disturbing is what I meant to say, is (laughs) the part that caught my attention that kept bugging me was when she says, oh, aren't you a clever boy? And he types out this advanced equation or formula of some type. Yeah, this algorithm, the arith- uh, there's some crazy... Al- algebraic Algebra? formula. Yeah. Yeah, algebraic. 
Uh, and so later on, she shows it to the doctor, says, "Oh, really? What's this then? I couldn't have done that." And he just looks and goes, "It's nothing." And and at that point, I'm like, "No, no, no! It's, it's something because we did it. Tell me what the fuck that is." <laughs> and I'm and, and again, you talk about the uncut version. I'm wondering if later she shows it to somebody's a wall. That's the formula for blah 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 blah. So yeah. <laughs> it's the formula for plutonium. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna have them kill people with that, but we decided electricity was easier. That's the genetic makeup of Silly Putty. The man's insane. So that is what bothered me, the fact that nothing ever came of that equation that he or that formula or the algebraic formula that he types up on the typewriter. So, But you, you obviously, are more concerned about the hand job. I get that. I'm always more concerned about the hand job. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not arguing. Believe me. I, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I noticed that and I'm watching. I'm like, I got to rewind that. And I'm like, yeah, Patrick's ready for his hand job. And I, some tells me that he gets that when he wants it. Because <laughs> he puts these ladies in a fucking trance. And they just do mm -hmm. his bidding. It's like, yeah, this guy's gotten more than a few. <laughs> this well, guy's no... He knows what he's doing. Well, I had the feeling that his powers are getting stronger over the years. And he's at a point now where he can start manipulating things. Yeah. Uh, now, they, now they, do make a re they do make a brief reference. And I like the fact, whether it was just because of the editing or not... I like the fact that when she talks to the police later on, uh, after the dun, dun dun scene, when he's like, "Oh, somebody scribbles something in the note here about uh, a previous nurse's boyfriend uh, losing like all feeling in his body, starting with the hands, which reflects what's happening to her uh, husband with him not noticing he's holding a hot pot, how he burned himself." Right. So it almost right. shows that he he was starting in an earlier stage to mess with people uh, psychically, but obviously. No one at the hospital is like, by the way, shit goes flying around the room here if you, if you piss them off. So for me, it was like this is her, uh, Kathy's presence is the motivation for him to take it up and step it up a notch, so to speak. Yeah. Because you're like right. Even, even the husband, he, he says, you know, I don't feel anything. And then when he drops the pot, he goes, I still don't feel anything. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. hurt. Yeah. So you're and right. I, I like he, he's doing you, something. Right. And they, they, don't, they don't try to overexplain it. It's really a throwaway line when she talks to the cops, and they don't. She's not even like that happened to You know, it's just fine. Drop it. it, it there's there's a nice level of adult uh, screenwriting in this film where not everything is overexplained. Right. It's just again, why did he? Why we see the opening is perfect with that. They mention it every and you know, when she finds out, oh, you killed your mother, and then we watch. There's no like extensive dialogue about why did he kill her? What happened in the past? Doesn't matter. He fucking killed his mother. Now he's in a coma. Yeah. The guy's obviously mentally disturbed. Let's not dwell on it. We got more important things going on here. Exactly. And and, and this is that kind of that level of uh, non pandering in the film, the, the, in the screenwriting and the dialogue. Uh, and uh, surprisingly, at the same time, you have dun dun dun. Yeah, yeah which it, it seems out of pl it's hilarious when it happens, but it seems completely it, out of place. It's the funniest part of the whole film. Yeah, the, the doctor, uh, should we explain the scene and how it comes about? It's after the nurse gets fried. Right, because she goes in to turn the power off in the building so that it turns off the machines that's keeping Patrick alive. But you'd uh, think she'd realize that there are uh, backup generators that won't let that happen. Right, they, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm assuming she thinks that he'll, you know... The backup generator will come on, and then it'll eventually, you know. She was a, eventually she was a it'll go off. 
She was a desperate woman. Yeah. So what he ends up doing is he electrocutes her in uh, in, in in that room where all the fuses and the, and the generator and the fuse box that's, and all that good stuff that, is. That's the electrical called, room. That's usually called the basement, sir. Or the electrical room. Anyway. In, in the basement. In the basement. <laughs> I have a basement. It's not an electrical room. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, what ends up happening is they find her body in there, and the the officer he's like uh, they pull the body to, out, and he's I like, you can you uh, can you confirm it? <laughs> it's like this woman <laughs> works for him, and he's asking him to confirm if she's alive or dead. Well, yeah, he wants to call, call time of death. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I would say extra crispy. Yeah, and then uh, well, no, what I like, what I like is they they don't have any. Uh, they don't get any uh, crime scene doctors or anything. They got two guys from the electric company prying this dead nurse off of the circuit board. Yeah. And I'm one. It, it's it's not the fact that they didn't bring in uh, like crime scene people for it that that <laughs> I think is funny. What I think is funny is the idea that guys that work for the electric company don't mind throwing this into their daily routine. Yeah. It's like, I'm not doing shouldn't that. One of these guys, yeah, shouldn't one of these guys be saying, you know, that's not my job description. I'm going to fix the circuit board, but you can you can pry the, the frying uh, nun off of the fucking thing for me. Shouldn't we get know. homicide in here? <laughs> forensic department? <laughs> How fuck, about a forensic department? No, fuck EMT? that. EMT? Yeah. That, but, but again, my, my, my point is that, the, the yeah, they should bring it in forensics or something. But beyond that, what electrician goes to a location and says, yeah, I'm fine moving the corpse for you. No! <laughs> it's just another example how, how things are so different <laughs> outside of our own country. <laughs> ah, I hope that's not a standard uh, situation. You, you never know. You never know. Uh, so what ends up happening is he confirms that she's dead, and he goes, what do you think she was doing in there, Doctor? He goes, I don't know. Maybe she was replacing a fuse. Dun-dun-dun! With a close-up on Patrick's face. <laughs> He just cuts right to his face in bed, staring straight ahead. To dun, 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 and it hangs on that last note. It's like a five-second scene. We have a cut of it. We're going to play it like every five minutes from now on. And <laughs> and uh, and then it goes right back to the it's like outside the place where, where she starts to try to convince the police officer, quite foolishly, that the comatose guy up on the on the second floor is has the one who killed the nurse in the basement. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Exactly. The, the electrical room. The the electrical room. Probably the most accurate way to describe it. <laughs> the uh, cage of crispy death. How about that? There you go. All right. I love it. Here you <laughs> this. <laughs> I don't know, Doctor. Well, how, what do you think she was doing in there? Maybe she was replacing fuses. <laughs> and that's exactly how that scene went. <laughs> Just that way. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. Absolutely yeah. fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, but, like, I'm, I'm, mine's a bit out of sync of years, but right now I'm watching where she shaves uh, Patrick. And she's rubbing the, the shaving cream off his face. And again, it's that, like you said, the soap opera music. It's like, dun, 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 dun. it's like it's like you're tuning in after the commercials end. It's really bad. Yeah. You, you are correct on that. It, it's uh, at least bad as far as cliche. You know, I don't want to say the person's a bad composer. It's just it's very 
it's it's the least subtle thing of the whole film, ironically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I now, mean, what's the other death? Now, what's the other death toll? Uh, he 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 messes with the doctor a couple times. The who the, and the doctor we're talking about is a is a another doctor that one of the nurses tries to hook Kathy up with. So he's the potential love interest. Mm-hmm. That's well, they do sleep together at one point in the film. Oh well, yeah, that. But I said love, not not banging. <sighs> okay. They uh, loved each other love for all of twenty minutes. That wasn't love. <laughs> so, so you have like a lovers' triangle, like a three-way lovers' triangle between Patrick, the ex, the separated husband, and the uh, the doctor trying to horn it on his territory. And uh, he he messes with the doctor in the pool. He burns the husband. Then he traps the husband in the elevator. Right, and that and ends that, up happening when he kills the power to kill the the the, the nun. He ends right. up in and the again, elevator at that point. Well, the elevator was broken beforehand. They even said. They, they, well, he got they it. Said, he he made it working just briefly to trap the husband in it. Right, but it wasn't working. So that so they they, they already knew that the elevator was was defunct. And that's that scene right there is why I like the film because you saw it coming. You know mm-hmm. the elevator's defunct. The husband uh, walks. The, uh, the husband walks in with a bunch of flowers, looking for the nurse. And they looks over, and the elevator door slowly opens. You're like, oh, Patrick, you cad! <laughs> I know what you're doing. And I'm thinking, and automatically, I'm anticipating what would normally occur is that you, they'd show him get in, show the door shut. There's the panic. The lights go out. What they don't, what they, the film does instead is the doors open. He looks at the elevator through the door, you know, POV shot from inside the elevator, and then that's it. And we don't see the, we don't see the husband again. Uh, well, you see David him briefly in and out. Not He's yet, in there for two yet. days. Not where I'm talking about. I mean, there's a period. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. See, as, as you interrupt what I'm saying. <laughs> as I usually uh, do. Yeah. Well, I do too. <laughs> uh, but there's a long period where after that happens, you know he's in the elevator. I know he's in the elevator. The film's not kept, the film's not gonna play into that. They still have it. Just he's gone, and yeah. until they reveal that, it's just a nice way where they said, you know what, you know what, I know it. We're not gonna we're, we're not gonna describe it. Next time we show him is gonna be like two days later, him trying to pound his way out. And I really liked that. Again, there's there's a kind of adultness to it where it's like, okay, we know what's going on. Let's move on. Let's get to the dialogue. Let's get to the other scene. We want to show other stuff. And again, that's in the uh, in the hour and you know fifty two sure. minute cut. Who knows what they did in the two hour and twenty minute cut? Right. They could have taken. Yeah. They could have been done completely to the point of where it, it is done the way it usually is. But in this cut, it's done in a much better manner, like the way you explained. What if what if all the scenes they cut out were all scenes of just Patrick alone in the room? <laughs> <laughs> just 30 I would do minutes that. of that. Oh, I would do that. If I was doing this film, like right around the second act or something, I'd have her saying something and then walk out of the room, and I would have like four solid minutes of just... <laughs> and the audience would just be like climbing out of their skin. Like, what the fuck? What's going on? And then so she'd come back in and say, oh, I forgot. I had to turn to like... And, and I could see them doing that. that. And, then the direct, and the director explaining it. It's like, when we do that, when we're in those scenes where you're just staring at Patrick for four or five minutes and it's just a consistent four to five minutes, you're in the mind of Patrick. You're experiencing what he's experiencing. It would be and it's awesome. just like, what are you talking about, <laughs> you crazy bastard? It's five <laughs> minutes of just a guy staring at you. It's like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Aren't you uncomfortable? 
yeah, now that you mention it, I am kind of fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable when they do it for six, seven seconds straight. <laughs> Let alone four minutes, five minutes. Now, as far as a, a lead character who doesn't move or say anything for the entire film, I mean, what other films can really brag about that to an extent? Now, granted, he's he's not the main focus. Kathy is the main character of the film. Patrick is the antagonist. But uh, again, the focus, the you know, the film's named after Patrick. He's the focus of what's happening, the plot-wise. Your 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 main character is as far as that goes doesn't move or say a word how many films can you can you name where the main character just doesn't do anything i can't not, nothing comes to mind I, I obviously i know there are other films uh i believe wasn't there an american film that's similar to this where someone's comatose or or strictly in a coma and they're doing something while they're in that state and, and i'm trying to remember i, I could well, there's swear the, there's the there's coma, but that they weren't doing anything. They were just in a coma. Now Richard Dreyfuss uh, was a paraplegic in uh, Only When I Laugh. Oh no, no, sorry, that's a different film. Whose life is it, anyways? But he could talk, and he just talked a lot through the film. So that's not a good comparison. According to IMDb, the guy, oh, that, played, that... The guy that played Patrick, his name is Robert Thompson. Yeah. He died. June fifteenth, the day before my birthday. Thank God it wasn't on my birthday. At the age of ninety-three, did that guy look like he was in his sixties when he did this movie? The, are you looking or, at the right, or his late fifties? Are you looking at the right stuff there? His it says Robert Thompson, Patrick. There's only one guy named Patrick in the movie. He said it was. It's got to be that wrong. Can't be right. That, it, that it's got to be, right. be wrong. No, that. But can't it says be right. here is nineteen. He was born in nineteen sixteen, which would have made him sixty-two years old when he did the film Patrick. Yeah, I'm not buying that. It's got to be odd. wrong. He looked like he was Thinking. in maybe in his thirties or early forties. Yeah, and he's he's playing like a. a I mean, the implication that he's he's young, like a you know, late twenties, I would imagine. You know, as far as the film goes, y yeah, I didn't. Uh, and it says here, born in Kansas City, Missouri. That's not the same Robert Thompson. Someone fucked up on IMDb. That's not who the same do, guy. Who would do that? Not, born in Missouri, died in Wisconsin, and in the middle, he went to Australia and, and acted in some movies. That's yeah, no, 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 no. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's just fucked up big time. It's Robert Thompson one. Come on, IMDb. <laughs> this is what happens when you have like a, a, a movie site like this where no one gives a shit. Yeah. And you could pay for it, too. You could actually pay money for this fucking thing. Really? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, they have IMD, IMDb Pro where you can get more in-depth uh, information. Uh, I think you can even edit stuff uh, as long as you uh, you can show you th show some sort of a... Th some th sort of authority to do it so. i'm not buying this i'm not buying that that guy's 60 years old and that bad nah he he can't be he just he can't be if he is he's the best looking 60 year old guy i've ever seen in 1978 he he acted in tennessee williams play the night of the iguana in chicago illinois no he didn't 
<laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> he was... Not this Robert Thompson. No, uh, different Robert Thompson. I don't have the time or patience to un- untangle this this Gordian knot of bullshit. Uh, but <laughs> we were both agreed that this is not the same Robert Thompson. I, I, I yeah, I would, I would yeah. say, yeah, different guy. We need some disambiguation around here. Ah, uh, I, I can't even, I can't even look at it anymore. <laughs> oh, look at this. Yep, it says here music by uh, Brian May. He's the guy that right. did the soap opera music, and then it says Goblin, and then in parentheses it says Europe, and then in parentheses mm-hmm. again it says Italy. So it looks like Goblin only, and unless they released it elsewhere, but it looks like it was really just Europe that Goblin's soundtrack was on this film, nowhere else. Because I think you said it was also in France and Germany and Italy, among yeah. the other countries that had yeah, the Goblin soundtrack. So yeah. I wonder I wonder how hard it would be to get this film with that soundtrack. I wonder if you can get it online just bootleg form cuz I don't think this is even available uh on DVD. Yeah, we had to we had to watch this through YouTube. Oh, wait, wait. Now, wh- which version? How long is your copy of of Patrick? It's the one it's the one from YouTube. The one from YouTube is an hour and 47 minutes. Okay, mine's an hour and 52, so I'm going to say it's roughly the same thing. We're just talking about, like, the end credits being trailed off or some slight... Where'd you get uh, your copy? Rate. You didn't watch from uh, YouTube? No, I did not watch from YouTube. I had a copy already. So my... <laughs> my <laughs> what? Of course, of course you fucking did. <laughs> yeah. I have I never, you. never heard of this movie. There, That's very rare that I... Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. That, sure, I've, that's happened to me a bunch of times. It's rare that you say, yeah, this, this, I'm challenging you to this movie, Patrick. What? <laughs> never heard of it. Never saw it on cable. Never fucking knew it, it even existed until you challenged it to me. I, I had it laying around. <laughs> of course All right, so did. what we're watching, we're watching is the 112-minute cuts. We're not watching the 96-minute USA the American cut, which is probably what my uh, parents watched on cable back in uh, the early 80s, late 70s, when it was showing there, my first okay. memory. That was probably 96 minutes. The cut so I watched look- was the one on YouTube, which is an hour and 47 minutes, which is five minutes shorter than yours. Right. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if I missed anything important in those five are minutes. All, are all the credits on, the, on that one at the end? Um, You know what? I don't know. The- Probably just a credits cut off. I'm assuming. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Again, maybe. It, 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 I mean, you can you can get slight differences because you're streaming it, so the the frame rate it might be playing slightly faster or slower. That you can't notice it. Where you know you're not hearing like uh, chipmunks singing, but it can have a difference. That might be it. Just just. Uh, I mean, running times when you're streaming and and copying and digital files and stuff they can't be as accurate as when you were just like going off of tape. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I'm assuming. I mean, I, I didn't do any fucking research on this. I'm just talking up my ass. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, the only difference uh, in speed uh, used to be if you had an NTSC or an American copy and a PAL a copy, because, because it ran it, it ran at a di- completely different frame rate. Which, ironically enough, is the frame rate that Blu-ray runs at now. But it, it it's utilized completely different. The film doesn't run any faster. It, it's 
you know, 23.976 frames per second. PAL ran at 24 frames per second. But PAL, it had some sort of, like, it was different than what Blu-ray is using. But anyway, uh, enough tech talk. So, do we, do we want to rate this movie? Have we, have we talked enough about it? Well, do we, do we skip any deaths? We got the, uh, we got There was the only two, gun. I thought. You got the There's fried the nun. nun, the mother... That's it. Well, well, the guy that was banging the mother. Okay, so yeah, three. That's um, it. Um, I think that's it. Patrick doesn't die. The nurses don't die. Um, well, yeah, Patrick's kind of a slouch, I guess. Even Patrick I mean, doesn't die. <laughs> he did. He died. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um. I, I I love the end where he starts throwing shit around the room and the and the doctors uh the like the Udo Kair wannabe freaky ass he was like a cross between Udo Kair and uh, Klaus Kinski <laughs> yeah but did but didn't get like the attractive parts of either of those guys <laughs> he just got the creepy ones uh, <laughs> just just like just like Patrick is like a cross between Marty Feldman and, and Robert Townsend it's just uh, Robert Townsend is that the right I'm thinking of the guy from Tommy. I'm probably got the name wrong. Oh, um, yeah, you're. Th- yeah, I know who you're thinking of Robert. Um, I don't know music. Uh, so I, I like when he's trying to when he picks up the, the chair and he's trying to break in the door and he like the chair keeps bouncing back from the door and they, they put the little woo woo to show that there's a force holding the chair back. <laughs> and I gotta admit, at the end when Cat when Kathy faces down Patrick, it's really like the she's not your scream queen type of person she's she's uh timid in some regards but she's like the first person uh to to really just stand firm and when she confronts patrick at the end she's like i'm yeah yeah you don't impress me you killed your mother now what now what are we doing it's like she's really a tough she's a strong female lead in a Mm -hmm. horror film in the 70s how fucking rare is that i think hello i think i think I think she's firm. Uh, she, from the beginning, she's a strong female lead in that she's leaving her husband. She's trying to start her life again. She takes a shitty ass job uh, with a psycho nurse head lead, whatever. And uh, when every and then she, you know, she resists the the need to run into a man's arms. Everything about this is a, a well crafted. I mean, fuck Vi Warshawski, that crap. Uh, one for <laughs> the money. This is the first film we've done in a long time where the female, strong female lead, is believable and uh, I would say uh, um, a good role model. Good role model. Sure. Sure. As far as horror films go, I mean, but yeah, she's not timid at all. She's she's scared to an extent, but when it, when push comes to shove, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go talk to the guy that's killing, trying to kill people. Right. And why? And she even but she then, even tells him in that scene, "I'm not afraid of you anymore." Yeah, yeah. I throwing things around, whatever. Even when she first finds out, like he's typing on the typewriter, she's like, "Oh, aren't you a clever boy?" Says, "No, no. You're supposed to be terrified. This guy's moving things with his mind. What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. She, she kind of glides into that really smooth. Maybe a little she's bit just, too smooth. But. She's more fascinated than anything. It's like, wow, you can do that. It's <laughs> pretty neat. I, and I, you can I have I'm, sex I'm with not, her from across the room. He doesn't even have to touch her. I'm interested in seeing the remake just to see like what they do differently. Right, what they keep, what they do different. It looks like from what I read and a few pictures I saw that they went for a darker, more gothic look. It's not as uh, white and sterile as 
an actual hospital setting. Is this an American so, remake or is this Australia again? Because I didn't do any homework. I believe it's an Australian remake. Oh, really? I believe. Hmm. I wonder if it's going to get any theatrical play here in America. Every well, it doesn't matter this these days. It'll it'll, it'll show somewhere. Oh, I know. I'll but if it's if it's well made and it's good, it should get some notoriety here. Uh, it's it's releasing in Australia first, so. Okay. But it looks of it. Yeah, it's an Australian film. It's releasing at the Melbourne International Film Festival, or it did in July, and now it's coming out in Oct- October, like you said. So uh, it's just Australian all the way through. Thank God. Uh, th- that has a lot of promise, just the fact that Australia did it. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I think we'll have to review it when, when we get are able to get a copy uh, on, on this shore. Definitely. It looks like the cast is scaled down like this one too. It doesn't look like they tried to pass. Actually, there's less there's less of a cast on this than there is in the uh, in the new film. In the well, original, they, they might not all. They just might have not listed everybody. Possible, but I, I got a feeling this is like a low budget. I mean, you know, who's personally? Who's I, I, lo- I like films that use very little characters. And and the person and the and the Patrick character from from what I'm looking at and from what I've seen. Not a Marty Feldman lookalike. They didn't try to match the look. They just got somebody else. <laughs> what, Garrett Graham wasn't available? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's, um, let's rate this. Let's go ahead and rate it. Now, it's anything currently... Else? No, we, no we're not, I think... We're not forgetting anything, are we? Nah, nah. Uh, on IMDb right now, it's currently, uh, I believe, 5.8. Here, let me, let me double check that. 5.8 on IMDb on 1,198 oh, users. Mm-hmm. Now, votes. Yes. It's 1,198 users voted on it. How about that? So, so 1,198 votes. I don't know how that works. I don't know if if there are 1,198 votes. What? <laughs> IMDb says 1,198 users. Mine uh, says gave 1,100. 5.8. Mine says 1,198 votes. It actually says 1198 votes. Yeah, next to the US user rating. Mine says 1198 users. You're obviously using an older version of the program. Oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> so, it's anyway, 5.8. It's well, a 5.8. So, let's say it's a 6. Uh, yeah. you want to go 6 or you want to go higher? I would give it a 7, but I can't for the music. I just I can't. It loses a full point for the music alone. Wow, really? Yeah, hmm. yeah, no. The music, it, it, it's not just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, the music is bad. It actually annoys me when music is being played in this film because I, I feel that it is taking away from how good the film is. I think they completely fucked up on the music, and I, I, I. I give it a six because in my head if the music let's say i got the film with the goblin soundtrack i'd be more likely to rewatch it whereas with this music i'd be like eh, it's got that fucking music and i hate it so much i'll watch something else but that's me that's, that's my head i this is a film i want to see the the i want to i want to go back and watch the 98 six minute american release and i want to see the goblin release and i want to see the uncut there's like three different versions of the film i want to see right I want right. I want to see every version of this film because it's so, it's the film's so unique in just regard of how it was approached and how some of the scenes are approached. I want to see 
if it's actually improved when they tighten the pace and take out some secondary stories, I want to see if it when it's longer, if that makes it different. I want to see if if I'm more interested when Goblin's pounding a soundtrack instead of dun 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 dun. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you know what what's where where does this film peak? Is this is this the best version or not? Right. Uh, you know, the, and I think that's the kind of film goer I am, and I know you are. Where yeah. when I hear there's an alternate cut. I want to see it. Yeah, and it's not just any... It's a 30-minute alternate cut. So it's a big deal. I'm still trying to get that uncut version of Supergirl. Or Heaven's Gate. I don't even know if that exists, but God, I want to see that, yes. Yeah. I want to know if this is in the movie. In the alternate cut. (laughs) I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) It probably... it, it probably be. shouldn't be. <laughs> you know, if, if uh, that's one reason I double checked myself because I was like, "Is this the, is this the American release?" Because I could see the Americans recutting it and putting that in there. <laughs> because fucking yeah, it, that scene probably exists, but the music, the Goblin cut, probably is completely different. Yeah, I, I need to know. I wouldn't even. I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even be surprised if the music is already playing in the scene where he asks what she what she could have been doing in there and he says maybe she was changing a fuse just to make that line not so silly you know what would be <laughs> hilarious know? what be great if the goblin soundtrack is like you know your, your typical goblin soundtrack all the way through but the, for that cut it goes back to <laughs> goblin's like we're inspired we have to keep it <laughs> leave it <laughs> just awesome. leave it we, we can't work without it we need God, it we don't make movies because no one would watch them <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> why why am I watching this guy sit in the bed for 10 minutes? Shut up, it's funny. <laughs> you obviously don't have a podcast. Just do it. Just watch it. <laughs> All right. Um see so, I wish so we could I, do half po- I wish we could do half points cuz I would give this a six and a half. I'd only take a half no. a point away for the music. As much as I want to give it a 7 cuz I enjoyed it so much, uh I'll go with you on a six. I mean, okay. and again, you're right. I can't argue with you. The music does take away a bit. Now, if and, we were reviewing uh, the Goblin soundtrack, if we could have seen it, I would, I would think differently. Yeah, and this this is a film again. Twenty five percent of the people that voted gave it a a, a six. Yeah. So and it, tw- other twenty two percent gave it a seven. So those maybe those people saw the Goblin release. Who knows? I you know it's it's always it. Whenever I watch a film like this, I always wonder who gave it a 10 and who gave it a 1. I mean, who, who hated it so much that they had to give it, not even like, oh, it was 1. How many films would you actually put, Birdemic, would you actually put a 1 on? <laughs> I mean, actually to say, yeah, this, yeah. This, is, this is shit on the heel of my shoe, bad. Uh, how many films have you ever seen in your lifetime that you would literally, not counting direct-to-video, please... That you would just say one, everything, yeah, even if no you no redeeming value whatsoever. I mean, I, that's, and this is not one of those films. I can't, I can't even see anybody just rationalizing it. These are people that don't take their ratings seriously. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Whenever you see these ones and tens, these are people like, oh, give it a ten. I liked it. No, that's not what a ten's for, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Seventy-three people gave it a ten. Twenty-two people gave it a one. And the people that the people that give out the ten ratings and the one ratings, they're the people that get, got gold stars willy nilly as a kid, or were denied gold stars for no reason whatsoever. 
<laughs> and they're taking oh, it out on the fucking film industry. There's always Bastards. a reason. There's always a reason you didn't get a gold now, star, you bastard. I need to know what my movie challenge is. Okay. So I was thinking I'm, long and hard about what I should challenge you to. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And first, I was going oh, with okay. maybe... What? Oh, I'm sorry, before, I'm sorry. Before you do it, can I just say that I was tempted several times to contact you before tonight and say, can we do our live movie commentary with this? Because <laughs> this would have been perfect for it. I know. I know. But, but again, for our launch one, it has to be something special. So obviously not. But I just we'll, wanted to we'll let figure you it out. Yeah. I was debating. I was like, like, oh, should I ask Joey? He said, no, we can't. Said, oh, but fuck, I want to talk about this film nonstop while we're watching it. <laughs> it. It's just so easy to do it, too, when you watch it. It's just, <laughs> just as I'm watching this, I'm just talking out loud to myself. And I'm like, he just wanted, He just said, I'm ready for my hand job. <laughs> and then the whole thing about how we went into it's like, yeah, he's definitely gotten more than one. Um, but I was thinking, what should I challenge Scott to? And the first thing that popped into my head uh, is two things. One, all I kept thinking... Now, you said Marty Feldman. That's not who I kept thinking of when I saw this character. The character... The person I kept seeing was Garrett Graham. Okay. You can do an image search for him, and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm not going to cheat. I don't don't recognize the name, but I'm not going to cheat. Keep going. All right. You recognize the face, not the name. That's usually how this actor goes. So yeah. all I'm thinking of in my head is Garrett Graham, and there's only one movie that I'm thinking I need to challenge you to, and I couldn't get it. So then there was no, another wait. film wait, wait, wait. that was, was a backup. Put, what was I couldn't challenge get? you to Chud 2, Bud the Chud. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot find it anywhere. It is there's not available good, anywhere. There's a damn good reason for that, sir. <laughs> But I wanted Very to challenge good. it to you so badly, because this guy, uh, the uh, the actor uh, Garrett Graham, he looks just like this guy in the bed. And uh-huh. I'm just thinking, all I'm thinking about throughout the whole film is, is him. So I'm like, I have to challenge Scott to a Garrett Graham movie. And the first thing that popped into my head was Chud Two, Chud, uh, Bud the Chud. And I was like, I need to go look and see if it's even available, and it ain't. I can't even. I can't even lie and say that I've ever seen that. I've never seen it either. I remember. It I, ju- out, I just I know going... that the actor was in it, and I remember seeing trailers for it, TV spots for when it came out, and I've seen little bits and pieces, uh, like on Cinemax late night, but I've never actually watched the whole movie. That came out when I was still a youngster, and I was still reading like Fangoria magazines. Came that out kind in '89. Yeah, we were and, like and what, 14, remember, 15. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that. I saw Bud the Chud uh, in one of those magazines. I'm like, oh, okay. And I think that's when I started to stop reading those kind of magazines. <laughs> I, think I, I, think, I think that's when I realized that there's not much going on here. I need to expand my horizons. Yeah, pick up something else. But, but yeah, I, I, I'd never seen that, so that would have been a good challenge. Um, I can't. I, now, there's, it, it is that, available what, through Torrent. Was that actually in the theaters? Yes, it was. It came out September of 1989. I could have sworn it was direct to video. I can't believe that came out in theaters. It probably had the, the same. It probably had the same lifespan as the original Chud film. Chud was in the theater for a week. Who thought? Who who greenlit the idea of doing a sequel? 
I don't know. It came out five years later, though. It took five years to get it greenlit. It's a classic, sir. It's a cult classic. No, it's not. No, we're not making a sequel. <laughs> they have the power to shut off the sun. Um, so... <laughs> what? Is that the the one character, the guy that pulls out a knife in one spot, the guy's talking to him, and he just slams a knife on the table, and he's like, because you go by the name of... What did he say? Uh, of... Oh, what the fuck did he say? You go by the name of go like you know being safe or not dead, and he's like they have the power to turn off the sun, and he's like shaking this knife. They have the power to turn off the sun. Some homeless guy in the fucking sewers. The the first one. The first one, yeah. Okay, it's been a while. Been a while. Yeah, it's not that long. We watched it on Bad Movie Day here. Oh, long enough where I don't remember that scene. Okay. Yeah, okay. So so I'm thinking, I got to challenge Scott to that. I can't find it anywhere. Now, there is a torrent of it, but it's three years old, the torrent. It's probably as dead as dead. Dead as can be. I, I, I have no idea what that is. Okay. Maybe I'll explain it to you later. But if I, I can acquire it that way, maybe we will review it next week. But... So then I'm thinking, all right, should I go with, like, then I was thinking the film Monkey Shines. I was like, well, it's kind of similar. <laughs> that would have been a good... Cripples who kill, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it's, sa- it's in the same vein. You know, he's crippled, and he has this little monkey, this pet monkey that they give him. They think it's a great gift to keep him company. It's like, while well, you're crippled, here's a monkey. And his, this monkey does his bidding. You know, kills people he wants killed, he thinks about it, and the monkey just does it. You know, was, he doesn't tell the was, monkey to do it. He just thinks it, and it happens. That that, that came out back when when uh, film studios were still giving George Romero money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they stopped doing that. We're safe now. Oh, that wasn't a Wes Craven film. For some reason, I thought no. that was a Wes Craven film. Oh, that was a Romero. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that's definitely Romero. So, and I was like, ah, do I want to do that one? Uh, I was like, but no, I really the connection I really want is the Garrett Graham connection, because that's all I kept thinking about. So the movie okay. I'm challenging you to, and this is a film we've both seen, and it might not even, we consider it to be bad, but I think it's fun, I think it's a fun movie to review. The film I'm challenging you to is the Garrett Graham film, Terrorvision. Terrorvision! Yeah. I think it's about time it made its debut on the oh, show. Garrett, Garrett Graham, now I know you're talking about. Okay. Yes. He looks just like okay. Patrick. Yeah, with okay, the big bug you eyes, you know. Yep. So definitely. And that's also got um, one of my favorite uh, actresses of all time in it. Mary Warrenoff. Yes, Mary yes. Warrenoff. That's it. And she, and she she wears the tight clothing in that one. Yes. Yes. She says she's. I'm watching my exercise programs. Mary Warrenoff, <laughs> of course, for those of you who aren't too familiar with her, was one of uh um. God, in, yeah, in what's his brain. face? Uh, the artist. Andy Warhol. Uh, Andy Warhol. Yeah, she was one of Andy Warhol's girls. She was part of that entourage, and uh, she's she be you know she went on to have an acting career. She did a lot of stuff with uh, other people. Uh, she's still she's still acting. She was in that god awful fucking Ty West movie. Oh, she was. Yeah, I'm still upset about that. I just saw a picture of her online, in doing research about her and. Because she's Night of the Comet, now. she's yeah. in her 60s now. The Night of the Comet is coming out on Blu-ray soon, like very soon. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming out for Halloween-ish, 
October-ish. Well, anyway, I saw a picture of her and a bunch of the people from that film. So I'm wondering if they did some sort of pub uh, publicity for it for the Blu-ray, uh, you know, upcoming and whatnot. And she still looks very good. She's aged oh, very yeah. gracefully, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> So and, uh, uh, she's also she's also uh, an author and an artist. I have some of her uh, books and uh, art as well. Very mm -hmm. very, I, I I like her. The earliest film I remember her from, growing up, is the film Nomads. The mm -hmm. Earliest film I ever remember her from is Nomads, and uh, for some reason that movie just it's burned into my my retinas. Can't she, get was that one in, she was also in. She was also she was also the uh, the waitress in Let It Ride. She was. Yeah. She was. Mm -hmm. She's had a very uh, unique career. Yeah. I, unfortunately, it, it also involved the Ty West film. So. Well. Ah, so, oh, oh Eating Raul. She was in Eating Raul. Eating Raul. Classic. I've got that. I yep. love that movie. Criterion collection on that one. That's right. She was in Warlock. I think I've got the Criterion. Yo, she's been every... She was, she was very hardworking in the field. Uh, we'll talk more she about was her. In Death Race 2000, the one from 75, which oh, yeah, alone. Yeah. No, we'll talk a lot more about her when we review Terror Vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, cool. that's, that's your movie challenge, Terror Vision. <laughs> I didn't want to do three, you know, psychokinesis, telekinesis movies in a row, even though Monkey Shines isn't, doesn't have that, but it. It's kind of reminiscent of it because he's he's kind of thinking what he wants done and the monkey does it, mm -hmm. you know. So the monkey is kind of reading his mind even though he doesn't really know it. So I'm like, eh, I didn't feel like doing it. We could always do it at a later time. I wanted I, to do I, something I, a little I, bit I'm more actually, fun. I'm, I'm grateful that you didn't make me watch Monkey Shines again, so I'm not going <laughs> to hold that against you. Very good. Because I haven't, I, even though I own Terrorvision, I haven't actually watched it yet. I haven't seen it since I saw it as a kid i don't think mine's a very good copy i believe you have the thought you had the blu-ray because it came out on blu-ray i i don't know if i have the blu-ray or not i have to double check that all right well if you don't if, have if the blu-ray you can borrow mine if, if, if i don't have it i'll have to up, up, uh, upgrade yeah sounds good all right so there you go there's uh there's the movie patrick <clears throat> reviewed rated and my challenge is Scott Given. Yes. Yes. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. I have nothing else to add, so we should wrap up this show now, make it a short and sweet one. Okay. Yeah, I'm all for that. Definitely. For those of you so. who just listened to this podcast, uh, we are now going to stop recording this and immediately start recording our other podcast, Strangers in a Strange Land. So check that out on iTunes if you get a chance. Absolutely. And you can go to that website, strangelandradio.com. Now... For this, for this podcast, you can go to moviesucktastic.com and you can download and or listen to all of our episodes there. You can even watch us live on live stream every week at 8 o'clock through our site as well. Or you can go to livestream.com slash moviesucktastic. You can go to iTunes and get all of our episodes there and you can review them. We would appreciate that very much. You can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can go to our Tumblr page, which is moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. And uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of traction lately. Uh, 
So you can Traffic. do that. That's or traction. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, Facebook.com/slash/moviesucktastic for that as well. Everything we do on the show, we put there, such as movie trailers, news, and things of that like. So you can go ahead and do all of that. We'd appreciate it. Definitely. Anything? Um, you got anything? No? Okay. <laughs> He's doing his best impression of Patrick right now. <laughs> so you think I'm a slut? <laughs> oh! I want, to, I want to hear the audio commentary. It was just with Patrick is the audio commentary. <laughs> and then like a lot of typing. <laughs> if they did that right, they'd ha they would have a, an audio commentary that did include that. They'd have one for real, and they would just have the Patrick audio commentary. Kind of like what they awesome. did with... Um, oh, fuck. They did another Galaxy movie. Quest? Galaxy Quest, exactly. That was what I was thinking. Love that. Oh, music's going out. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.